0: Hi, everyone, it's Helen Joy Butler here, home energy alchemist, sanctuary creator, and elemental space clearer. And welcome to this episode of Musings on the Sanctuary and Spirituality. Today, we have a beautiful sanctuary chat with one of the most incredibly beautiful, kind, generous, loving, amazing women on the planet, Kendall Williams. Hi, Kendall. Hi, everyone. Let me share a little bit with you about Kendall. Kendall is a dynamic shamanic practitioner and trainer dedicated to creating education of the benefits of connection back to our shamanic roots and heart power. Waking us up from modern day stress, illness and disempowerment. Empowering us to tap into the unique medicine healing within us. Creating permission to unfold the shadow emotions you may be denying, letting free and finding clarity in your life right now to find your way back to happiness and realigning to a power path of purpose. Kendall runs a successful private practice, Heart Hive, and is also co-creator and partner of Earth Treats creating beautiful retreats as well as a home base for the Earth Retreats Collective venue on the Gold Coast in Australia. Earth Retreats Collective hosts women's circles, yoga, community nights, transformational workshops and events, as well as being home to the Heart Hive and Earth Therapies private treatment rooms. I'm really excited to share Kendall with you today. She is my shamanic teacher. I have done training with her, and she and I know that we can talk for a long time so we're trying <laughs> going to make sure we keep this nice and tight so thank you kendall for being here thank you for having me it's a pleasure and an honor
1: to always sit and speak in circle with you beautiful kendall
0: <laughs> thank you let's start with how well, you got to where you are today i'm sure there's a long story behind that yeah well
1: i think um for many of us we see when we hear the word shamanic or shaman Um, many of us don't even know what that is and then there's others that we think we're sitting in the jungle or a temple or um, some ascended healer Um, but for me the path has been more of um, everyday shamanism and it was not a path that I was searching for Um, I think with all of us in our lives especially those of us from people with no um, connection to their cultural background, Um, people that are living in Western culture. Um, We live in a land of suburbia and uh, worker bees and the stress of um, performing, the stress of marrying and creating families and relationships. And a lot of us get very out of touch from the time we're kids with actually who we are and what makes us happy. And we have a social structure in Western society that is about achieving um, and also being very grateful for the fact that you live in Western society and we live in a very consumer based environment. Um, so for me, I grew up with, um, you know, a really lovely family who were quite well off, um, went to private schools, um, was raised really in a very traditional household to get married. Um, and so... I did everything that was really presented in front of me in that way. I ticked all those boxes um, from school to education after school. I really didn't know what my passion was or or what I wanted to do. Um, I met my beautiful husband. I got married and ticked off two kids. Um, But on a very personal level, even though everything was seemingly okay on the outside I felt a sense of um deep loneliness and a sense of feeling like um I should be grateful for what I have but I think motherhood pushed those buttons as well I I felt quite when I left the workforce to spend time with my children I felt quite isolated I felt um that I kind of lost my sense of purpose or sense of belonging um and But then at the same time, there's this incredible pressure to be, to love being a mum, to love being a wife, to love where you're at. Um, And because of my traditional upbringing, that space to be something else was um, very confusing for me and not something that was necessarily encouraged. Um, So after my mum, my mum actually got sick with breast cancer and everything don't you just love how everything happens at once in your life like it's like the perfect storm is rising because for me i feel like it's spiritual spirit guiding you to get back on path and we we have this mantra in our healing practice that you know breakdowns are breakthroughs um so there was part of me that just didn't feel alive within myself there was part of me that just felt a real a real emptiness and my mum got sick Um, My husband decided to go out on his own and create his own company, which takes away that financial security. I had my second child. Um, I went through postnatal depression with my first child. um, And I was really quite terrified of falling down into that black hole again. But I felt this time, oh, well, I'll have, you know, I'll be supported. I've grown. I'm a, you know, I can handle more All the rest of it. Um, but after a year after dealing with all of those avenues i literally felt a shell of a person i got chronic fatigue which is my body responding to my left stress levels um and i just felt like i couldn't function very well so that started the path of wellness um and there was a real disconnection to who i was as a person I remember going to the doctors and they did all their blood tests and I was very, you know, they were concerned that I was crying all the time. But I had a, I had a really hard year. I had a mum, I had a new baby. I had a mum to get through chemo, a husband to get through things and not a lot of support. So I, I was under a very high stress level and was never really taught how to look after myself. Um, so my two options were to go on any presence which I really resisted because I don't do well with medication um, or to go and see a holistic therapist um, and for me that was hugely confronting because no one in my family talked about stuff like that You know, we we were a loving family but then at the same time we didn't own what was wrong with our with us or speak up um, so when I decided to go to see the holistic therapist. I can remember, you know, how memories are just burned into your brain. I remember driving there thinking, my God, what would be people be thinking of me that I'm going to do this? And and I'm such a terrible person that I've I obviously have things to unload and and I didn't want to say mean things about anyone. Or so I went and it changed my life because I realized how much I had stuck inside um, and how much pain I was carrying and how much I just was short-circuiting out all the time. Um, and I didn't have people that gave me the tools in my, in my current social structure that helped me learn how to break through that, that even were honest. When I said to many friends, I don't feel myself, people didn't want to know, you know. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of people that are very, and a lot of women especially too, in in the way that society builds things, everyone wants to know us when we're great, and I'm the naturally vibrant personality, so people want to know you when you're great, but when you're not great, they feel uncertain of what to do, um, and it made me realise as I started this new journey forward, I needed to be well again, and to do that, I needed to try things that I would like go, if going to a holistic therapist was something to talk was a big deal for me can you imagine what growing into being a shamanic practitioner which is so woo woo and so out there to so many people like were people going to think I'd really gone troppo um, but that wasn't the plan to start with um, I also saw as I went through I'm trying new things like meditation and discovery about the spiritual path, which always really, really drew me in from a little girl, but it wasn't an area where I was allowed to go play in Um, that so many people around me had the same heart medicine issues. We, we weren't really sure who we were. We struggled with our identities. Um, We were playing roles and shamanic work really helps you understand what are labels and roles. And there's nothing wrong with being a mum and there's nothing wrong with being a wife, but when it is making you sick, you know, then there's something wrong and something needs to be addressed. Um, And I just find as I've gone through this whole process from from differing healing modalities and I'm so passionate about shamanic work because I see the immense changes it creates in people with not being dependent on healers, to to be able to self-manage their own medicine and their own power path and their own happiness. Um, And we were never taught any of those directives, you know. It's like um, Western society is half asleep, like it's either all achieving and no being. Um, And unlike people I met as I went forward, I met so many different people from different cultures who they had... Um, ceremonies and rituals and family gatherings and power songs and, and part of their cultural identity was the medicine that gets handed down to them, which is about the heart, not just the environment of how you live and how you gain money and how you uh, measure on value of how well you do. Um, and I realised so many of us in everyday sus- suburban white bread um, western society and culture is we're so detached from that um sense of self and we we feel like emotional refugees um and shamanic work has this beautiful way of bringing um our power back to us
0: yeah yeah wow what a what a journey i think that a lot of people listening can see themselves or hear themselves within that story because they know and I've shared this quite widely it's not dissimilar to mine yeah uh, you get to that stage and it's not as if you wake up one day and all of a sudden you've decided it's just that life throws you those lemons if you like and it's then eventually something happens within us and maybe it is that soul contract we make maybe it is the right timing who knows but something switches and then we go if, I, I feel if we have this, the strength and the courage and the bravery, because I say that a lot, that yeah. to create sanctuary takes strength and courage and bravery. So to step from your life, because I'm certain that at the time you were thinking, well, how's this going to affect my relationship with my husband mm-hmm. and my children or other close friends around you?
1: Yeah, that was a huge thing, actually, because... I, I have like a really beautiful partnership with my husband and we've been married for 23 years, so together for like 27. Um, and marriage is always, um, it's a beautiful thing, but it's also requires a huge amount of work because you've got two people coming from two different family dynamics who learn to live together and then you throw kids in in the mix and it's even <laughs> ramps it up another notch. Um, and then you have to keep, choosing to grow both of you to grow and you grow at different times so it's this this beautiful um, sort of dance that happens over such a period of time but the one thing that I knew that was um, I think we all have gold in our life and that gold is in for everyone in different areas um, and I would go to a lot of spiritual gatherings and things, and I'd be, I'd be, you know, trying new things and trying to get myself really uncomfortable so I could go, that's for me, or that's not for me. But I also turned up to do things on my own without friends or people from my normal groups because I felt like I could be whoever I wanted, um, and that wasn't really important part of that challenge. But one thing I noticed and really appreciate now for me, um, I had my gold was in my kids and my um husband and I was very lucky to have a beautiful relationship and um not that it hasn't had its challenges but a beautiful relationship and I realized going to so many things there's so many people striving for to have that they're looking for that they want a soul partner They, they want that and I already had that but I didn't have the freedom to take ownership of myself and to really give myself permission um, to grow and all the role models that were around me if my from where I came from we didn't go out and do this weird stuff but then when I went to do all that so-called weird stuff um, people didn't have good relationships people were single people couldn't function all my teachers and leaders and people around me were people that they needed to be on path and because they were on path they had no room to make a relationship work so that was very scary for me in the beginning I was like if I keep going down this path which you know lights me up and makes me happy On the inside even though I'm happy with other areas of my life am I going to lose that do I have to swap my independence and my joy and my power of what I'm here to do on this planet for my relationship Um, and I think a lot of people really fear this they feel like it has to be punishment you know there has to be you have to pay someone for 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 wanting more you know what I mean
0: yeah, yeah, totally. I'm really glad that you brought that up, Kendall, because that was something that you and I have discussed only within the last month, this concept yeah. of role models for people, regardless of where they are on their spiritual journey, but role models who are in happy, content relationships with a significant other. Because yeah. everyone well, I'm gonna put myself in this by everyone who I've you know watched and seen. Mm have either had very short relationships or four marriages or whatever the case may be.
1: Yeah, and for me that's part of, um, I suppose, where my medicine is. Like um, I'm moving us from codependent relationships to conscious relationships. Like I don't want you to change being a school mum. I don't want you to change the fact that you have little kids or older kids or you're invested in your family. I just want you to be happier. You know what I mean? I want you to know what your internal medicine is, that what just because you're a mom or a wife, um, you have, you know, children and you're committed to them and, and they're your priority, does not mean that you cannot be on path at the same time. Because the happier that you are within yourself, the more, more you radiate your beauty and your light and your independence, you teach the next generations how to lead, you know? And we teach other couples around us that, you know what, you can have both. You you can, yes, it's going to require work, but it is completely reasonable and attainable. You know what I mean? It's about letting go of controlling people.
0: We can't make people love us. Yeah, so true. And what was coming to me then was the fact, because I know for myself, my husband is very grounding for me. Yes. And so being in that relationship with him is is very mutual and successful for both of us Um, you know i don't need and actually i I think i'd be really hopeless with someone if they were similar to me
1: (laughs) (laughs) it could be a nightmare
0: absolutely and
1: for me when i started when i really started venturing out into these little um sort of learning curves like to be quite honest, if it wasn't my husband's beautiful and grounded as well, and he's a, he's a builder. Like, I mean, you can't get more grounded than that, can you? Um, and a lot of people I met at different, when I went to retreats and things, I wouldn't have even been at the retreat unless my husband could try and help hold space for him for me to go. Um, and and that was in itself was a struggle. Like I didn't have the freedom other people had. I had responsibilities um, and I had to work that path in to what what I already had committed to because obviously when I signed up for a spiritual path before I arrived on the planet I also signed up for kids you know um so but people would, I would see people at different events and they had very spiritual partners and people used to meet me in chat and I'd say, oh, your 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 husband, he might, is he here? And I'd say, no, and they'd, uh, he must be really spiritual. So something people said to me all the time and I'd say, no, he's a builder and they'll be look at me blankly <laughs> like, what? Um, He didn't wear yoga pants and he didn't put on a caftan and he didn't go to these things and bang drums under the he." because that's a conscious marriage like the mutual respect and understanding that if something lights your partner up they should have the freedom to be that and you respect and support each other so my husband's church is going and having a surf and and sitting out in the ocean and or going on his motorbike for a ride and on his own for two days like that that's that's where he finds his serenity and his solitude and how he reboots and how he connects to himself. But for me, it's it's the spiritual work that I do that that makes me happy. So, you know, um, that's another thing. You don't have to be with a spiritual partner. Um, You just always need integrity and respect for each other, you know? He doesn't even have to completely understand what I do. He just has to know, do you know what, whatever you're doing, I never knock you down on that because it's important to you and it makes you happy. Yeah. yeah, And that's the headspace I think we need to change in our partnerships moving forward as well for us all to evolve
0: in um, really conscious relationships. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. And it's based, I just want to say quickly before I move on to the next um, thing I'd like to talk about, but it's based in respect. And if we can have any relationship-based from a place of respect, whether that's even with ourselves, yeah, or our partner, or family members, or our colleagues at work, then you know the world will already start to become a bit of a better place. Absolutely, we meet at that junction of respect.
1: And I, I think this is um, such a good point that you raise because if you're already in a partnership, that's the person you spend a massive amount of time with when you live with someone, so. If you can work on what makes you happy first, and then it, because you, let's face it, happy people are loving people. You know what I mean? When we're unhappy, we fight and we react and we have our issues. So if you can learn to be accountable for yourself first, then you can then start embedding that in a bigger, more beautiful scope into your relationship. And if you embed that in your relationship and you and your partner are that superpower team together, then your friendships change. And the way that you handle your family dynamics with your relatives and and that that changes too. Um, So it just has to start with you first. You know what I mean? And people get scared. You know, he said it takes a huge amount of bravery. People get scared and you have to trust that, you know what, I can't deny all these parts of myself because it will break the relationship down eventually anyway. Um, And sometimes relationships go for little rocky moments, but you still need to, you need to show up for yourself. You need to show up for your integrity. And that's not forcing someone to accept you. It's just showing up to explain to someone. Someone in the relationship always leads emotionally and usually it's to the person that's trying to break through a different way. And so you need to allow that person to catch up, but don't get off the path. You need to keep going, you know? Mm. Um, and that's where bravery comes in and vulnerability.
0: Yeah. <laughs> big words, aren't they? <laughs> all, all that good stuff. All oh, that yummy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I know one thing that you spoke to really beautifully at the first training session I did with you was this concept about whether we want to call it shaman, whether we want to say medicine woman, Mm -hmm. whatever other term we want to bring to the plate, And the fact that you and I and many other people like us are white females living in a Western culture, yet we know there's this calling through some spiritual work, whether it's shamanism or others, So how do we reconcile that a little bit within ourselves Mm -hmm. so that we can heal that relationship with ourselves and step forward down that path?
1: I think first understanding that what you're not, okay? Um, So when we use the, I love to use the term medicine woman um, or medicine person or medicine man, because in all cultures and Western society is still a culture, In all cultures, um, the word shaman was really indoctrined through Western culture. Um, Every culture, every tribe, um, every society has um, medicine people that just work with the spiritual aspect. Um, And so the word shaman, like all buzzwords in in, um, modern day spiritualism now, Um, can be a little bit bastardized in that way and i think sometimes we feel because we have this disconnection what you have to realize is at the end of the day shamanic practice is about heart medicine and heart medicine is about us connecting to our our heart space and our earth walk which is this beautiful lifetime that we have on this planet and everybody has that as their birthright absolutely everybody Um, so but what are you not now I am not from Peru I have not been done an apprenticeship and been born in a village to be raised so I don't bastardize those parts of myself or turn up and arrogantly say I'm this or I'm that because that would not be truth but there is great purpose wherever we are born and we are always born to be the medicine people of our culture So in this lifetime, I've chosen to be a white suburban mum, okay? Um, And the reason why I've chosen to be a white suburban mum, even though I could have been thousands of other cultures in thousands of other lifetimes as a medicine woman, is because there's so much sickness in my culture. So rather than getting stuck on what you're not, realising that wherever you are, spirit places us, whether it's in the family or in the society around us to teach us where there is sickness. And it is our job and our heart mission to help people break through that. So growing up in a very white um, society um, where I have been never taught my, my hereditary culture, I've been never taught songs or traditions or anything rather than stock standard birthdays, weddings, funerals, you know, just the general consensus. Um, I really lack that that knowledge. What I don't lack is the ability to understand the people I'm around because I'm one of those people. Um, So you can't teach what you don't know. So whether if someone, a shaman from Peru came into white society, they can teach us so much, of course, about medicine, but do they understand our sickness? Not in the same parameters because their life experience is different. So I think what we have to do is give ourselves permission to understand we respect other cultures, but we respect that we're birthing new medicine and new medicine is needed now. The, the Western world is really the culture that runs the world. And it is, it is degrading. It is um, women um, need to clear the power lines for us to to be able to be equal with the male roles now. Um, Men are feeling very disenchanted in who they are. Our youth are very depressed. We have high levels of anxiety, high levels of stress in our children. Um, We have a high rate of suicide in in, in general. We have so much chronic illness and never before in this society have we had so much food, so much education, We have a roof over our head. We have so much abundance around us, but so much mental illness and so much heart pain. So what our job is to teach the medicine that we are fighting through for ourselves and be the everyday shamans in our community. And that word really means the medicine men and women that are here to change this society for the better. And by doing that, we help every other culture on the planet as well. So, I think valuing your experience and giving yourself permission to bring that, all of us come from Creator, and that greatness is within everyone. So, um, I think a lot of us feel not worthy. And what we need to do is understand that we are in the right place, in the right time, and we're there to teach people connection. You know, and connection is healing, that's what it is.
0: And it's healing for us as well as whomever we touch and that that ripple effect as well. But can I ask you, please, because there might be a little bit uncertain for people who are listening, when you say medicine mm-hmm. and yeah. when you say soul sickness, can you just define those in, in Kendall's words?
1: Yeah. Um, so by even traditional shamanism, soul sickness is designed to be um, – explained in a way where we believe that when the soul energy is displaced then um, we create an emotional field in our body to get things back online back to wellness and when those emotions are ignored and ignored and ignored and ignored then we create physical unwellness to create a new stop sign. And then when that is ignored and then ignored, ignored, chronic illness or terminal illness or whatever comes next. So um, when we're talking soul sickness, we're talking about people's loss of purpose, um, loss of connection to self, um, not being able to thrive emotionally, okay? Um, This chronic issue we have in our society of not feeling enough, not feeling worthy and self-worth issues, Um, is a huge amount that goes on and all the symptoms of soul sickness are anxiety, stress, post-traumatic stress disorder, chronic illness, mental illness, Um, not saying that some of these things aren't genetically coded and all the rest of it I won't start a firefight about all that right away but at the end of the day anything that is not in alignment with us thriving and if you grew up in a jungle Um, in a beautiful tribe where you believed that all energy was connected and you went to the spirit doctor and he realigned everything for you your belief system is already engaged you understand that through that you don't need to go necessarily to a hospital or whatever else even though modern medicine is credible and we and we use that in harmony in in our um, worldly practice now but in Western culture, we are very mind orientated and our culture teaches us to ignore our emotions, unless it's a positive emotion, um, we are always congratulated or pushed forward or held up or shown more love when we do well. And so we have this this horrendous um, backlog of shadow emotions that we, we feel like if I'm an angry person, people don't love me. We learn that at a very young age. So we shove all this stuff in and um, it's not just like me when I started to move out. I didn't have that support from other people because people weren't comfortable with me being uncomfortable, right? So... All of that energetic force stays within us and that is what creates this distortion and this loss of purpose. We can have the best house, the best car, the best everything and we feel like crap, right? Or we could have none of that and, and, and be getting up every day to think if I don't have the best house, the best car, the best marriage, I also feel like crap. And if you think it's all woo-woo, ask any average person, look around you at work, how many people honestly in your job do you think are happy? Then think about people that are in marriages around you and ask yourself, I can—I think of all the people I know that are married and I can only really count on one hand people that I think thrive and are happy. And, and this is horrendous. So what we're talking about with soul sickness is we're surviving and we're not thriving. Okay, even though we have everything we need, we feel either empty or angry, or we don't feel like anything is enough for us. Is this we don't have contentment? And that's what soul sickness causes, it causes that. So it's not just about your emotions, it's about your physical response, it's about everything that's going on in your body. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we also live in a in a society where um We have gratitude shoved down our throats. It's like, you know, there's this mantra of, you know, well, um people are starving around the world, you should be grateful. And then we have this terrible survivor guilt that's going on with our society because we feel like I don't understand because we've lost inner communication. I don't understand why I'm not happy when I should be happy because I have more than other people. So Western society is really struggling really struggling we can see that in our younger generations because they're starting to rebel they're starting to say why would I want to go and work a job for 20 years that kills me And we go you're lazy but they just go no I'm smarter than you do you know what I mean
0: thank goodness
1: thank goodness yes so so, oh I hope I answered that question the way you wanted um I'm not sure if I missed half of it did I miss half of it (laughs)
0: No, well, it was beautifully said and there were so many things kind of pinging for me as you were talking. And one of the things you, or a word you said was mantra. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people um, know about affirmations and they, you know, they say the affirmation or their mantra over and over and over and over. And that's really that head stuff. Yeah. Um, unless of course it does come from the heart or does come from a place of strength or inner knowing. It's really kind of, I'm picturing like a, you know, the mouse on the wheel, like saying the mantra, saying the mantra, saying, (laughs) hoping it's going to fix me, hope it's going to fix me, hope it's going to fix me. And then it really doesn't. So, or maybe it takes little steps forward and then we fall back. Mm. So any suggestions on really simple tools or strategies, if people are resonating with what you're saying around, Mm. well, I can see that in myself or people I love, yeah what are some of the simple ways and one reason I'm asking this question, Kendall, is I' had a cup of tea with a beautiful mutual friend of ours um, last week, and we were talking about all of the spiritual work that we'd done prior to us you know connecting with you and then having healings with you. and it was nearly as though you know they gave us skills, they gave us strategies, we whacked all of those in our toolkit, but we were a little disconnected. Mm once a little partially disconnected from what we'd shoved in that toolkit or what we'd learned in those strategies. Yes, we were coming from heart base. Yes we were coming from hopefully stepping forward in our lives in a way that felt connected to us. But then through having a healing with you, it's kind of like, That's just it on another level. Like it's just taken things to another ballpark. Or I I can't even put the words around it properly to be honest. But what I'm trying to say is, it's like we had this toolkit of strategies, yeah, and we were we were doing those or connecting with those or adding to it, and then through having the healing with you, it's as though and doing the work with you, it's as though it's brought us back to center in a way connecting with all those tools, Mm -hmm. wasn't really able to do. So I'm not really sure what question I'm forming here, but what I'm trying to say is that um, if there's ways that we can today, you know, start to implement something for ourselves that would really bring us back to our roots, what would you suggest?
1: Okay, so one of the, I think, the biggest tools that you guys learn with me um, is permission for radical honesty, okay? Um, And when you have a healing with me, um, what what I'm really doing is I'm just, I get, which is such an honor, I get the opportunity to be you for a while. So when I'm talking to you, what I saw and what I did and where I went and what I planned, I'm really just, you're getting like me twinning you for that moment. You're getting me giving you the feedback that you already know. But when you see it through, through, when you actually feel heard and when you actually feel the honesty and truth, you can shift the foundations, right? Um, but it has to be your truth, not someone else's truth. And I think sometimes this is when we struggle with tools is I always say to people, there's a difference between goals, which is very Western driven, and soul goals, okay? So I think radical honesty is the easiest place to start. Within our life, which is the reason why we have so much soul sickness in our communities, we never really have permission to be truly honest. We always edit. We edit edit versions of ourselves all the time. And the beauty of creating a sacred moment or sacred space without judgment is we can really get to the bottom of what we really want. So many people say to me, I don't know. I'm lost. I don't know what I want. But you do know. You're just not giving yourself permission to be that because of fear. So for me, radical honesty is the answers always come from inside. It's not an external problem. We create external problems, but it's always an internal problem. So, you know, I think by sitting with yourself, and even if you're listening to this podcast, if you're going to be honestly And I mean, when we talk radical honesty, we're not talking about doing harm to anyone else. We're talking about taking accountability and ownership that we want more, right? And we feel guilty for wanting more. And we need to lay a different foundation. Our old foundations don't work with new tools. Our new tools should dig up the old foundations and go, okay, what's not working? Even something as simple as, Sitting down there and you know, within our shamanic training courses, um, Western culture works very much from the head and not from the heart. So what we have to do is work with both modalities. And that is the difference with being a Western shaman, shamanic practitioner. You have to be an expert in mind work, okay? Because if you're in another culture, you wouldn't even think that way. But we think that way. We're very boxed in. So we have to be able to break that shit down first. So that radical honesty gives us an incredible tool to be to sit with ourselves, and even if you just take a piece of paper and a pen, and write down, what do I hate in my life? Write down. I like, give yourself permission to absolutely go for it. Right? Write your whinge list. So we're never allowed to write a whinge list because we've got to be grateful for everything. Let's say a mantra that I feel my energy is bright and happy today. Do you know what? You probably don't feel bloody bright and, you know today. So how are you going to shift that if you keep trying to put a band-aid on it? Your core self needs to be heard. So maybe write that hate list down with complete radical honesty. And this is not for anyone else to read. This is for you to give yourself a kick in a bum. And this is what we need in our work is true accountability. And then write down, this is where people really struggle. What what are my dreams? We have to start remembering who we are or what we want. And that means letting go of those labels. So if I kept in my head all the time, well, I can't do that because I'm a mum or I can't do that because I'm a wife, then I wouldn't do anything, right? I just keep ticking the boxes of pretending that I was fulfilled. And even though it was big and scary to go forward, we just need to take one step at a time. And that step shifts us into a state where spirit says, oh, you're ready now. And they will send you an opportunity. And that opportunity will scare the crap out of you. And you will have to reorganize all those old patterns you have of never asking, for example, your husband to say, can you be home for the kids? Why I go do this? I waited four days. I wanted to go to my very first event I went to. It's so sad, people. I hope you're all listening and resonate with me. I I waited four days to go to this, to buy a ticket to this event because I was, my husband is not even a scary person, but the, the crap that I had built up inside that I wasn't, I didn't deserve to go or why would I go off and do this thing and my responsibility and role in the house with the children. So how could I go and leave them for two days if I was going to go to this thing? And I built up so many stories in my head of all the reasons why I could not go to him and say, hey, can we sort this out, right? And so finally, after four days of stomach-churning stress, now who does this to us? Like we all do it, right? I, yeah, hands up for on that one. I went to him. I can remember standing in the kitchen saying, hey, there's this thing on I really, really, and i radically honest with that. I really wanted to go. And, you know, if you really want something, you're willing to challenge yourself to get there. But I still was really fearful of rocking the boat and changing things. And I said to him, which was all my crap, it wasn't even his crap. And I went to him and I said, there's this thing on you know, next month and i really like to buy a ticket and I'd really like to go, but I don't know how that's going to work because I'd never asked him to do the job I was asking him to do. And he looked at me and he said, sure, if that's what you want to do, we'll work it out. And I was shocked because I'd spent four days self-sabotaging everything. So what do you think happened? I went online and it was sold out. Oh no, nice. was sold out and it was a really big lesson for me, a big lesson because I was like, you knew what you wanted and you were too scared to ask for it, you know what I mean? And then I was pissed, I was, then I went from being nervous about asking to really angry but I was angry with myself for not showing up, for being a giver all the time for everyone else and not, not, not giving back to me, not, not showing myself any importance. And this is, this is what radical honesty does. It helps us. Um, if I was honest with myself, I was so angry with myself, right? And so if you can show up each day and just start this tiny little tool this tiny tool to say, I'm in my head, which is a do no harm approach, because we're not hurting other people by our feelings, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really honest with how I feel about this. Then this door to freedom starts. It just, it just starts. And then you can start building that. You can start working out, well, you know what? Some stuff doesn't bother me so much, but that's a humdinger for me. So that has to change. So I went to work on changing that part of myself the part of myself that was scared to speak up the part of myself that didn't ask for what I need and look it's been we're up to 17 years now and it's it it is still a process but the way that it has changed my experiences in my life and how I feel about myself is what comes and and what we need to understand in western society is it's not about the outcome it's about the process because our society is really really focused on outcome and Create a paralytic thing where we we don't want to even try because we're scared we might fail. So if we just focus that radical honesty on daily, like if you're driving the kids to school and you're having a shit morning, wait till they get out of the car, crank the abber up and yell out, "I'm fucking pissed. I'm having a shit day. I hate being a mum." Like when you start taking ownership of the truth of your inner world you can start it'll very quickly calm down and you can start making plans forward but if you kid yourself that you just need tools and you you just need to bring those tools in you haven't changed the base foundation of what's not working for you so how you can't it's not sustainable you might be all right for a week or two after a retreat and you come home and you feel all blissed out but then it wears off doesn't it so it's It's, about Yeah, it's about not changing your whole world and not running off to live in the in the mountains. It's about changing the way that you're honest with yourself and really working out what is so important for me to change first and taking those increments one at a time. Yeah. And I did end up getting a ticket to that event. Oh god, uh, would you believe they rang me like literally. I was so angry and I was angry with the universe. I'm like, you wanted me to have enough courage to do something. And then I was going to go. And now you've taken the opportunity away. I'm sure my neighbors, when I was yelling at the sky in the backyard, thought I was a bit nuts. But um, literally that afternoon, um, it was an event through Hay House and they rang me that afternoon and said, oh, can we have a ticket for you? And I was like, so So I got
0: rewarded. I got rewarded for all that hard, hard work you did you did and sometimes we don't like you would never have expected that you would have expected to have gone online purchased the ticket and everything would be fine but it's like you had to go through the four days had to go through the conversation and then through the anger Mm -hmm. that's when the universe really heard you and
1: yeah and I learned a lot about myself in that anger because if my husband had said oh this is too hard then I would have blamed him But really what the truth of the situation is, it was my problem for not speaking up. It wasn't my husband's issue. It was my internal issue. And that was one of those foundations I needed to work on. And working on that is scary, but it makes you a lot happier. And that's, we have to trust that step-by-step process. So there's lots of these beautiful shamanic tools we can use, but radical honesty for me is one of our core principles accountability and radical honesty and working on the internal rather than the external
0: yeah yeah beautiful anyone can use it i know that when i've gone on retreats before whether they be short or long that when i've come home i've always tried to actually before i've even gone i've gone right what am i going to learn that i'm going to try and make long term in my life and i think that that's really important part of whatever you, if people decide to, you know, whether it's read a book or attend a, yeah. an event or a conference or, you know, an afternoon workshop or something to kind of go, all right, I'm not just going for the point or the purpose of mm-hmm. being in that space for two hours. How can this impact me moving forward? I want to share a funny article I read, Kendall, in a magazine. It was one I used to be um, have a subscription to Mm-hmm. And it's called Happiness. I'm not sure if you know it. Um, no. Yeah, it's felt like happiness, but instead of double S, there's a Z on the yep. end. And it's from somewhere in Europe. I used to have a subscription. It's really beautiful. It's like a um, vision board, the whole magazine. It's just gorgeous. But in the last one, so I was at the newsagent and I saw it and I thought, oh, I'm going to pick up the magazine. And of course, it had the word shamanic um, oh, yeah. article inside. And I thought, I'll just see what that's all about. And I, I, this is leading to something which I think people often get a little bit confused with. So within mm-hmm. the magazine article, it talked about the three worlds. Mm-hmm. And within the magazine, instead of saying lower world, it said underworld. Oh, that's a whole different zone. <laughs> I know, but so we say, you know, underworld, middle world, upper world, instead of lower world, middle world, upper world. Yeah. So, can you maybe because people I think um, who I've spoken to are really yep. interested like, what's the difference between these worlds? Can you share those with us?
1: Yeah. So, basically, um, shamanic work all around the world, which is, and when we say shamanic, we're talking multiple cultural, really um, actually religions and and cultural medicines. Um, we work on the principle of the world tree, and the world tree is the concept of the image of um, the life force of our, our planet and lifetime. And within, um, when we do our journey work, what we're doing is to work through um, the internal to understand the internal language that is going on. So the world tree is like a beautiful visual representation of the three worlds. So from the base of the tree, so if you imagine a beautiful, big, huge tree in front of you now, from the base of the tree to the roots that go under the soil, which holds the tree and is connected to the beautiful energy of this planet, then that is what we call lower world. And lower world is very different. Some people get a bit frightened with shamanic work because they think it's, it's, um, could be demonic or or it's scary but lower world is a representation of um, all our internal realm of the beauty of this planet all the nourishment um the the beauty, the um, gorgeousness of what Mother Earth brings to us. I mean, think of every, I'm just even looking at your beautiful feathers behind you um, and like how diverse this planet is in beauty. Like every creature is so incredibly Um, amazingly intrinsically different Um, the plants the the landscapes that we have from 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 whether it's frozen worlds to jungles to beautiful mountaintops i mean could we have asked for any better um in the universe like you look at the other planets and, and we are an incredible place of energy and being and it represents connectedness okay so when we travel to lower world, we're traveling to what we deem a very safe place where we gain nourishment and we gain, gain rest and we gain ad, uh, understanding and advice um, and medicine from the connection to the heart medicine, the connection to the earth mother, the connection to our earth walk. Um, and we can do that through um, a lot of different experiences. We use the spirit animals as being our way to understand. Um, we don't often don't understand ourselves as humans, but we understand animals. Animals have different traits and different ways of being. And so by using all the power animals and the spirit animals in the world to be part of our, our internal teams, they help under, us understand parts of ourselves, parts of ourselves that are lacking, parts of ourselves that need empowerment, Parts of ourselves that um, need rest and sanctuary so lower world is one of the most incredible places to be in touch with connecting back to nature connecting back to communication and con- connecting back to heart medicine then the middle of the trunk is the second world which is what we call middle world and middle world I describe as a big time machine so middle world is represents all the lifetimes that we have had um, and all, everything that has walked this earth and every experience as humans that we have created on this planet is available to access through Middle World. So I say to people, think that you're at back to the future and you're in the DeLorean and you're pressing the buttons to go back to a certain time. And it enables us to go back and look at how consciousness has changed through history, um, how to connect back to past lives where we have um, regrets or blockages or things that are holding us back, how we understand karmic debt Um, how we understand that people lived and breathed and handled things in a different way and see how consciously we've changed. So it's a very hard world to navigate because it's so like our world. Um, But it is also a place of huge empowerment and strength when you learn to have the courage to go back and look and to see how Take accountability for how you act and what happened and get deeper understanding. So middle world is a place, unlike lower world, which is about freedom and connection, it's a place of understanding who we were, what we were, um, and what the damage also that we have done over, over our world, our time on this planet. Um, and upper world is the, obviously as we go up, we've always feel lighter. Is at the top of the branches, between the top of the branches and the celestial realms. And upper world is our souls' home. It is our place where we go to connect um, and we learn about ourselves. It is a place that is the unbusiest place you'll ever go. There's a serenity and a sanctuary there. It is a place for atonement to become one with ourselves again to provide forgiveness, Um, we need to forgive ourselves and accept um, that we are um, part of the holy creation. Um, And upper world gives us also access to ascended teachers and masters um, and other celestial beings that are cheering us on through our lifetime, even though we may have closed our ears. So it is an opportunity to go up and to heighten the celestial part of ourself, really connect to our star self. Um, And on this planet as humans, we are half celestial, half earth. So we need lower world to keep us grounded and connected and on purpose, but we need upper world to really connect us to our mission and it's our aspirational part of ourself. Yeah, and middle world is kind of our teacher in between,
0: you no? that's so beautiful I, I loved how you explained that Kendall and the amazing thing I'm not sure if you were aware of it you said the word sanctuary quite a few yeah. times in there as well so that might be a beautiful segue into asking you about sanctuary because um, the listeners are obviously very well aware from hearing you speak that you have this sense of peace about you I'm hoping they're getting that. I'm sure they are through the <laughs> conversation. But also when you are a very spiritual person, like you are, many people have their spiritual practices, but are they on a different level for you as a spiritual practitioner? And if you're happy to share, you know, some of those, if they feel aligned to share. Yeah.
1: What I think relates to that is touching on something that you said before, where um, although I'm very, you know, in, there, there's two parts of my personality. Like when I'm teaching, as you know, I'm real or when I'm live live somewhere, I'm really extroverted, and I'm I'm really kind of a little bit loopy, you know, <laughs> in a good way, amazing, a little bit highly energetic. Um, so I'm not this monk of karma all the time. Um, but I. I do. I love my life and I love who I am. And I know that life is a struggle Probably nearly every day. You know, there's a challenge or a struggle, um, but at the same time, if I left this planet tomorrow, I'm happy. And I think this is a big part of the process. And as you brought up, I love how you brought up that when you come back from a retreat, you're really, you're mindful about saying, what can I bring home? What can I do? But On the other aspect of that like tying into what we're talking about about that radical honesty and changing foundations is really taking um which is what i'm really really passionate about in my medicine work is letting people understand who they specifically are for themselves and giving them permission to do that because i didn't fit in the spiritual community you know what i mean i was too loud to this to that to, i'm conservative in some ways um and um, i don't wear you know an outfit you know i'm just a pretty simple looking you know suburban mum you know um like nice handbags nice shoes i'm not going to give those up for a pair of weird tie-dye outfit that's not my color scheme thank you very much so also learning not to lose your identity um in the core of where you are and i'm proud i'm actually proud now of my my heritage because I know how many people I've helped in my society and if I didn't grow up the way I grew up or if I didn't have that understanding of how they felt I couldn't help them right so sometimes when we go to retreats and things we think that we'll adopt all these things and then we feel like a failure afterwards when we don't adopt them but each one of you is this incredible unique vibration and what you have to put as the most important thing on your radical honesty plan is that you start to like who you are. Now, I would love to be more cruisy and more this and that, but I'm a really dynamic person when I'm getting going and I will shape shift into whatever that person needs me to do, whether they need me to be yelling at them or I need to be a bit loopy or whatever I need to do to shift everyone's vibrations around. And for me, I needed to, that was really hard for me to take ownership of the fact that I had this perceived idea what a spiritual person should look like. Um, But I haven't lost any of the true parts of me on this journey. What I've done is let go of the baggage that took the light and the sparkle away, you know. So some healers and spiritual practitioners are going to be really intense and excitable and out there. And that's because that's their medicine. And they'll attract the clients for that. And other people are gonna be really soft and really gentle. And so when you look at your teachers and when you look at the the exercises and actions you've been given, ask yourself, does this serve me? Does this make, does, because if meditation for you is a chore, And it's not your cup of tea, don't do it, right? And if for you running around the backyard with the kids puts you in a heart space and then you run off to work, you're just as spiritual. God built you the way that they built you for a reason. And I think like we go from one Western label otherwise to a spiritual label. And I think part of that is if something you come back from a retreat and something's not working for you, it's maybe because it's not your thing. And I always say to my guys, like you're always information gathering. You're always remembering parts of yourself and some things will fit and some things won't, but leave the ones that don't. Don't try and don't try and learn a modality and hang on to a part that doesn't serve you because your medicine has a uniqueness and you need to embrace the way that you work. It's a really, really important part of it. Um, so I think... For me, that's kind of my answer in um, I don't have, I've given myself permission. And although part of me can be highly embarrassed with the way that I can be so out there when when I'm drumming and when I'm working and when I'm doing that, there's another part of me that gives myself permission to do that now. Because when I am doing that, it still feels like me. So it can be uncomfortable, but it feels like me. So that using that as a guide, you know what I mean? Like, is it uncomfortable? If it's uncomfortable, it means you're doing good, right? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're not changing. But does it still feel like you, even if it's uncomfortable, then you're breaking through those barriers. But if it feels like something that's not in line with your integrity or what feels right for you to work or it feels
0: forced, then it's not your medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And then it that's an invitation to step closer to understanding who you are so that you can discover what all of those might be for you so if you were kendall to leave the listener with one piece of advice on their sanctuary journey moving forward what would that be
1: oh that's a hard one one piece of advice i'd say if you got rid of even all the goals that you think you have and you set one goal for the year, rest of the year even, and that goal was every time my head hits the pillow at at night, I think about where I'm at, and my goal is to like who I am. Like if you do that, fucking magic happens, right? Just every day. You're going to get it wrong. You're going to stuff it up you're going to get some things right. But if every night you remind yourself, my goal is that when my head hits his pillow, I take a deep breath in and I realise how happy I am with who I am, that I like me. It's not about anyone else right now. If you can do that sort of brand of hyper-focus, you're going to make massive shifts really quickly,
0: um, no matter what tools you've already got. So
1: that would
0: be my advice. And how different we would all be from December this year if we yeah, We that. should do that as a commitment to the listeners. Get on Helen's
1: Facebook page. She should do a post and we'll hold you all to it because accountability
0: is a strong motivator. I love that. We'll definitely make that happen. So I feel as though we need to wind it up, Kendall, but as we both know, we could continue this conversation. Always. So always. But where is the best place for the listener to find you? Uh, And probably we have our website, which is um,
1: uh, www.hearthive.com.au. But most people track us through Facebook. So we have a Facebook page for Heart Hive um, and that has our current events. Um, For our centre, we also have a Facebook page for Earth Retreats as well. Um, But if you want to contact me directly, then just go through the website and um, hit the contact page and send me an email and I would love to chat
0: so beautiful thank you Kendall and those links will all be in the show notes sure. as well and can I put Instagram in there too
1: oh yes I always forget about Instagram I'm a bit old everybody out there so I kind of I find so much social media it's just so hard to keep it all going um yes yeah, so I'm not a prolific
0: Instagrammer but yes we are on Instagram at heart hive as well beautiful and just putting it out there that Kendall is not that old at all <laughs> okay Got to get a move on. We've got a lot to do. We've all got a lot to do. Like the world
1: is waiting for you. Whatever your medicine is, you've been created to use it. Like trust, trust that.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Thank Thank you you for having me, beautiful.
0: Oh, you're a privilege to speak to you today. So, listener, if you aren't already there, head on over to the Helen Joy Butler website as well and grab the Sanctuary Starter Kit and join us in the Sanctuary in a Circle. But until next time, take care and much love.